If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello again, this is Heather Bayer. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast and I'm happy to be with you for another episode. And today I have my good friend Matt Landau here, which is going, and this is going to be the first part of a two-part episode because I think it's going to definitely go well over an hour, this discussion I'm having with Matt, because it's about his recent trip to Europe and all the vacation rentals he stayed in, the people he met the other vacation rental professionals he came across when he was at in Barcelona, where, where Barcelona, which is, as he will tell you, is the hub of the vacation rental industry in Europe. And then he went on to Rome for another vacation rental tech conference. So he did a lot in the few weeks he was away. And, you know, in this in this podcast over time, you've heard from vacation rental owners from across the world. We've talked to um, owners and managers from Australia, from New Zealand, from Fiji, from South Africa, from Hawaii, just and, and across Europe and the US. And everybody has their own challenges and different ways of doing things. Well, it is interesting talking to Matt about his experiences as a vacation rental professional himself, going to these different cities and places in Europe and the in-depth conversations he had with his hosts and with the property managers that he met. So without further ado, let's move on over to part one of the adventures of traveling Matt Landau. So welcome to Matt Landau. As ever, it's an absolute delight to have Matt with me. And today we're going to explore, well, we're going to explore Matt's explorations. Um, and I'm, I'm really not going to talk a lot during this episode, I'm really delighted to say. So Matt, tell us about, just do a sort of a quick cook's tour of what you did over the past however many weeks it was. And, um, and then we'll go into some detail. For sure. Well, my travels actually started um, back when I came to Toronto. That was the beginning of my traveling escapade. Um, are you and Mike finally decompressed from that incredible event? Uh, yeah, I think we are. I mean, we sort of went immediate, <laughs> immediately into 2018. And, and I have to say the, uh, the, the aftermath of, of this event wasn't as, um, wasn't as long lasting as it was after the first one. Cause that was, yeah, that that was a bit of a shock to the system, having spent a year planning that and then experiencing what the letdown is like at the end of one of those events. We were well prepared for it this year and uh, and really spent a couple of days decompressing and then back into 2018, which I know you're going to help us with, aren't you? Yes, for sure. Um, I, I'm, still, I'm still reveling in the energy from that event. I know everybody who went um, was also... Really, really impressed with the quality of the 
of the event itself, which goes without saying, but also the, the quality of the networking and the other individuals who attend. So big kudos to you on that. And that was kind of, for me, the kickoff trip heading up to Toronto. <clears throat> and when I got home, I basically spent about uh, four or five days getting stuff together for my big Europe trip. I had been so excited to visit Europe. Um, it was going to be the first time I'd gone since I was uh, studying there in college, so almost 10 years. And uh, the original plan was to visit Madrid and then sort of explore around Spain for a couple of days and then visit Italy. Um, but the hosts that I began connecting with, the vacation rental owners and managers um, that I planned to see, kind of took the trip to another level. And fast forward almost one month later, um, I returned home with incredible memories. Um, the relationships that I made, the friendships uh, that I formed, not just between myself and the hosts, but also all the amazing people that these vacation rental hosts introduced to me in their personal circles, um, was more reaffirming than ever before that vacation rentals are really quite a special thing. And every type of conversation I had in Europe um, that somehow revolved around vacation rentals gave my understanding of our industry new texture and helped me see that it's not all roses. There's certainly um, a lot of adversity. There are people who don't like vacation rentals. There are people who think vacation rentals could be improved. And that was a nice experience for me because I think we oftentimes surround ourselves with vacation rental enthusiasts and we forget that there's a whole other side to the to the equation, folks who maybe aren't so keen on them. So it was really educational for me to be able to learn all that stuff and to do so in such beautiful surroundings. Europe is just such an incredible place. Mm -hmm. Well, I know you went to places where, as, as, when, when you're saying that you know, there are people um, opposed to or have different views about vacation rentals. So I know you went to places where there is, uh, the, the, there is loud argument as to the benefits and and drawbacks of vacation rentals to the community as a whole. You know, I, I've heard about this happening in, in Barcelona. You didn't go to Florence, did you? No, I didn't make it to Florence. And I know Antonio, who I who I saw when I was in Rome, is preparing to host a, an event there. Um, but Barcelona would be a good example. Yeah, um, I, I was just I was just I think... reading um, reading an article about um, Florence and what's happening in the center of Florence, where. The major and it is now the majority of of housing has been turned over to vacation rentals, and it, it's uh, in, obviously the the locals, although they embrace tourism, it's part of of the the fabric of Florence. It's people come to Florence uh, as as a tourist destination. What what's happening there with the accommodation in the center of Florence in particular is is quite disturbing to a number of people there so quite interesting to to hear what uh, what your take is on what was happening in Barcelona as well Barcelona is a good example it's it's very much a um the epicenter of all that and i i found an interesting takeaway to be that there are certainly people on both sides of the argument and, and rightly so there's folks who 
are making a living off of this new industry. There's travelers who are coming and meeting destinations in incredible new ways. And then there are neighbors and community leaders and legislators who are finding that it's actually somehow uh, compromising the integrity or the sustainability or the livability of the destination. And one of the interesting takeaways that I had was that on both sides of the argument, in every single scenario, at every single conversation, was a need for better regulation. And I think a lot of times us vacation rental folks, when we hear regulation, we think it's bad. We think that regulation means that we can't continue doing uh, our craft, when in reality, uh, regulation is kind of the only way that we can continue doing our craft on a long-term basis. And that was a, a theme that I noticed um, everybody could rally behind. And of course, in the end, it kind of boils down to local governments to be regulating properly. And, and that was, I think, the, the main source of, of um, question. But in general, um, I think it's, it's honest to hear both sides of the conversation and to be realistic and to remove bias and emotion from your from your opinions and and try to work with people on the other side of the aisle, so to say, to figure out a way that vacation rentals can be part of a greater touristic um, ecosystem. And I think ultimately that's a win, win, win for everybody, um, for everybody in the end, you know? Well, it's interesting what you say about... Uh about regulations because they're not a scary thing and i think it, it's been touted may, maybe years ago it was when when the, the word regulations and legislation came up it seemed to everybody that this was the scary thing because it was it was a sort of black and white you know we, we either have vi vacation rentals or we don't and that's what they're legislating for and against um but in fact where where reasonable legislation has been put in place people are generally embracing it because if it, if it is done fairly and reasonably and all voices are heard then there is a common ground that can be reached and it has been done in in so many different places yeah totally 100 percent agree yeah okay so you gave me or, or rather you've written um sort of a travelogue of of all from all the different places you went and <laughs> i i was i was yeah I was ordered to read my those mother, drafts. <laughs> my mother told me that if I didn't write them down, I would forget them. And m mothers are always right. We so are. I, <laughs> I wrote a little essay after each um, departure just so that I wouldn't forget um, all the amazing things that I got to experience. Well, you gave me the honor of reading through the drafts this morning. And I was just, I was lost in Europe. They're just, you, you write beautifully for a start. That that is oh, you. Um, you know that that that's a given. But you met such amazing people, and it wasn't just a matter of of going to a vacation rental and heading out on your own and doing your own thing. You you just embraced the localities you were in, and you met people, and and just made the most of the experiences. So I thought it would be quite nice to actually go through the different places you went, the different experiences you had, and and use these sort of essays that you've written as a, as a backdrop to them. Does that make sense to okay. you? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, and then we are going to do this in two parts because I know that this is I, – I, I don't want to miss anything on this because there were so many 
different things that I found in in your writing that that really interested me, and I'm sure will interest listeners, um, particularly in terms of hospitality, in terms of conveying local knowledge and sharing. I think what comes across from from all these places you went and what you've written about them is that you you came across an amazing sharing hospitality that is is perhaps getting lost a little in in this new world we're in of vacation rentals becoming commodities almost one of the the biggest sort of new perspectives for me after this trip to europe uh, which i stayed in vacation rentals specifically is that vacation rentals are changing the world in two ways one is on the travel side that as more and more families and groups and couples decide to opt for a vacation rental for the first time instead of a hotel, they are beginning to meet destinations in entirely different ways. And they're beginning to uh, build real new connections and find new experiences that simply never could have been afforded um, through the traditional route of hotels. The, the other side is is on the hosting or the entrepreneurial side that independent owners and managers, many of whom have fallen into the industry accidentally, are changing their lives and their communities. So uh, a number of managers and owners that I met, met are building real businesses. They're finding their calling. They're enjoying this new business. They're allowing that... Um, that wonderful energy to drip down into various uh, parts of their families and their their uh, business communities, and that on both sides of the equation, vacation rentals really are um, something special. And I try to capture in these essays uh, how the the vacation rental hosts that I meet are kind of the embodiment of of that wonderful movement. Mm-hmm. Well, you certainly did. So well, where, where did you go first? What was your first port of call? So first was, um, was Marbella in the south of Spain. This was um, a region that I had never been to before. And um, I love Spain. I studied in Spain um, back in college. I studied in Madrid. But beyond um, sort of my really basic uh, guidebook understanding of Marbella, uh, I met Borja Rodriguez, who's an amazing Inner Circle member, uh, who would be my host for a couple days. And he just sort of gave me a view into the his version of Marbella um, and Malaga, which is the old city, about 40 minutes from there, um, that I don't think I ever could have got otherwise. So, otherwise. so it kind of started off, and I'll, I'll jump right into my first little essay, um, when I arrived to the nearby Malaga airport to meet Borja Rodriguez, a native of Malaga and one of the most forward-thinking property managers in Spain. I was pretty intent on letting Borja tell me precisely what to do, but of course he did way more than that. We met at the gate of the vacation rental where I'd be staying, one of about 30 properties Borja's company, Vacation Marbella, manages with white gloves. The vacation rental complex was located about 100 meters from the lapping waves of the Mediterranean 
and was mostly what one would expect of a European beach complex. Neatly manicured grounds, elevators with requests that you dry off your shoes and bathing suits before entering, a gate and a guard who's sometimes there and sometimes not. What was totally unexpected, however, about my vacation rental for the next few days was the level of standards that Borja has in pretty much everything that he does. In a lot of ways, Borja represents a much greater trend of professionals in one industry leaving their well-paid jobs to get involved in the vacation rental movement full-time. People who are finding the landscape of the profession that they thought they would do forever, in Borja's case, this was finance, changing in front of their very eyes and are therefore encouraged to venture out and explore a new, often entrepreneurial line of work. In meeting the various friends, family, colleagues who revolve around him, you sense that Borja's adventuresome instincts seem to be rubbing off on them. And I went in to talk about all the amazing people that I met in Marbella, from Borja's go-to maintenance man, Nandi, to his childhood friend, Julian. Uh, we also talked to this incredible employee of Borja's named Maria, um, who's kind of like his right-hand gal. And this is where the essay kind of picks up, uh, and that's where I will leave it. That honest work pays off could be a straightforward vacation rental lesson that Borja has taught us. But when we dig beneath the surface, we learn that Borja doesn't just do things right, like many managers. He does the right thing. This is the difference between great managers and great leaders. And through Maria, I actually gleaned that Borja appears to be a little bit of both. When traveling to a vacation rental, I always ask the hosts where to eat and where not to eat. And if I'm feeling annoyingly specific, I'll ask exactly what dishes and drinks to order from the menu. This filter helps me avoid the tourist traps and fly-by-night shops, and it often helps support small businesses that my vacation rental hosts deem important. Borja recommended to me a long list of restaurants and selections in Marbella, including a few establishments where he's gone with his family for years. The food in Marbella, as a result of Borja's recommendations, was inimitable. That's kind of a little glimpse of Marbella for you, Heather. Well, that's, that's wonderful because as a Brit, um, I was brought up uh, on the, the idea that everybody goes to Spain and we go to Malaga and we go to Marbella. And I always had the impression it was this long line of seafront hotels and high rises and full of Brits eating fish and chips. So I'm, I'm guessing what you, what, what you experienced was, was definitely not my perception of, of this part of the world. Yeah, you know, that, that was certainly there. Um, and I bumped into plenty of Brits. And I think the coolest thing about um, staying at a vacation rental is that unlike a traditional hotel concierge, your host can really get to know what you're looking for. And Borja knew that I was looking for sort of off the beaten path type experiences. He knew that I didn't want any um, tourist traps. He knew that I wanted to avoid the overpriced stuff and that I would prefer to eat at restaurants and do stuff that his family likes to do. And this was for me, such a lovely side of Marbella that I don't think too many tourists get to see. 
but again, just one of the other great benefits of staying in a vacation rental where the host really, in this case, has lived there their entire life and can provide a window unlike any other. Yeah, you, you said that you learned that Borja doesn't just do things right like many managers. He does the right thing. Can you elaborate on that a bit? What is it about his, his approach to property management that stands him apart? Yeah, one of the things that really stood out for me about Borja that I think really accurately represents some of the more progressive property managers in the game right now is not just focusing on uh, short-term bottom line. Borja has quite an incredible vision, and he wants to be in this industry for a long time to come. And decisions that he would make, such as um, giving bonuses to employees or making special exceptions for special types of guests or hiring exclusively locals to the area. Um, these were a lot of things that I think a lot of managers maybe do, but don't think is all that special. And one of the things that reminded me, uh, that Burha reminded me about, is that as vacation rental business owners, we are community leaders in a lot of ways. And we do have a great responsibility to be um, watching out for people. And that vacation rentals is not about just booking uh, as many weeks a year as possible. It, there's another element to it. It's about forming new connections. It's about um, connecting your community. And in the case of Borja, it just reminded me that a rising tide can lift many ships. And in a lot of cases, people need to build those ships. And Borja seemed to be the type of manager that was um, helping people around him build their own ships. So as this tourism and vacation rental wave um, sort of came to his destination, everybody, at least who wanted to, got to benefit from it. So can you, can you give me just one or maybe two things that Borja does or you experience while you were staying there that independent owners and property managers could take away, you know, from the, from this conversation we're having now, something, is there anything specific that, that they could go, wow, I could do this? Yeah. One of the great things is that Borja, because he's from uh, that region and has basically lived his entire life there, he has an amazing um, network of locals. And these locals range from, range from restaurant owners to uh, golf course managers to artisans, to uh, you name it. And one of the things I think a lot of owners and managers are sitting on uh, are these great local connections that if packaged in an easily digestible way and shared with our guests adds a tremendous amount of value. So in my case, uh, I wanted to go play a round of golf because Marbella is renowned for its golf courses. And it just so happened that Borja's childhood friend was the manager at the nicest course in town, and he was able to squeeze me in. Otherwise, I doubt uh, I would have been able to get a tee time. And he even came around to play a couple holes with me, which uh, not only was very fun and made me feel like a total VIP, but I also got to chat with him a little bit about Borja and their childhood together, thus giving me another textured understanding of the vacation rental business that I was staying at, 
I think things like that, if owners and managers can sort of organize their local contacts in a way that is uh, presentable to guests, depending on what they might be interested in. It could be simply the local restaurant down the block. It could be a farmer. It could be a professor. It could be really anyone in your area that has some type of expertise. I found that meeting those folks, even though Borja wasn't necessarily with me, um, added a great layer of meaning to my visit. And that was something for me that added a great amount of value to my stay um, that I don't think we could have achieved in staying at a traditional hotel. Well, it sounds like it was, it was a perfect start to your, to your trip, and I'm sure you left reluctantly. <laughs> yeah, I totally left reluctantly. We were eating way too much good food. That visit ended with Borja's mother coming over to um, the vacation rental and making gazpacho and paella, and it was just, I didn't want to leave, that's for sure. <laughs> but you did. So where did you go next? So I flew from um, Marbella to Barcelona, which is very much the number one vacation rental battleground on the planet. Um, And almost like um, a a heads up, the moment I arrived, I found out that there was a strike taking place. I learned that taxis um, were were on strike against Uber and that there was literally not a ride to get downtown apart from a two-hour bus, train, and walking, like, excursion. And if I were to take off my vacation rental hat for a minute and just look at this from a very unbiased traveler perspective, I would simply say that it wasn't that enjoyable. And my hope would be that uh, destinations, and I know Barcelona has a unique case, uh, would be that destinations can figure out how to regulate this stuff just so that... um, you know, entrepreneurs and patrons can connect because in the end, that was not the best welcome to Barcelona. That being said, it all changed when I arrived at my vacation rental. Are you familiar with Damien Harris and Picasso Suites, Heather? Uh, I have heard of Damien, but not for me. I, yeah. I, I was in Barcelona about a year or so back um, and I, I stayed in central Barcelona and it was fabulous, but I hadn't, did not stay there. Damien's an amazing guy. Um, He actually manages his vacation rentals remotely from Berlin with the help of several on-site staff members. I'll jump into my essay because having written it, it probably describes Damien better than I could off the cuff. Damien's fondness for technology is best demonstrated at check-in, where I simply inputted a series of codes into a doorway and then a lockbox and my vacation rental unit was open. Since no assistance was needed to do any of this, it created a welcome sense of privacy. There's so many times that we check in only to hear this big long spiel from a host. Here's the garbage can. This is a remote for the air conditioning. This is a shower and it has a handle where you can turn to get hot water. So much so that I believe Damien's style of hands-off check-in is something that will have a crucial role in the evolution of the professionally managed vacation rental sector. I was really interested to to hear that because there is there is the argument that if if you're being clo- if you're closely connected with your vacation rental and and you want to give your guests the the best experience ever then you must be on site to meet them. 
Now, I found with my own company, we we don't have on-site um, welcomes. Uh, well, we do have an on-site welcome, but it's, it's it's not done personally. It's done in other ways. So I was I was really interested to hear or, or to see you saying it created a welcomed sense of privacy. Now I'm sure you've experienced both, you know, and 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 I know that um, that that long introduction to a property where you're shown every single room and how to turn the light switches on and off and 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 given all the discussion about how to how how the trash goes out that sort of thing um, can be tedious. Where do you stand on this personal welcome versus the welcome sense of privacy? I don't think there's a best I don't think there's a best practice to be honest with you. I think there's a, a place for each of them. I know very successful owners and managers on both sides who do um, extremely well and whose guests rave about the experiences. Uh, I can certainly see uh, arguments for both. And Damien did it incredibly well. I. I have to be honest, when I arrived there, I was exhausted after that big, long uh, debacle coming from the airport. And I don't think I would have been super thrilled to hear the the 20-minute spiel or, or in some cases, like I've experienced elsewhere in the world, like the, the host who's just kind of like hanging around and wants to just like chat. I was ready to take a shower and fall asleep. And because the process was so seamless... Um, I was able to do just that. And Damien did have uh, a manager that was nearby. He actually texted me and asked if I wanted her to come over and show us around. So maybe that's the happy medium. Uh, but I, again, I think it depends on what kind of business you're running. I think it depends on uh, where your values lie. Uh, and in a place like Barcelona, I think uh, you get a little bit of everything because Barcelona is very much sort of the center of this universe. So did you get to meet Damien at all? Yeah. So Damien was actually um, in town, coincidentally, for some meetings. So we had uh, the pleasure of meeting up and hearing his incredible story. He actually started hosting Vacation Rental Travelers many years ago, way before Airbnb and, and HomeAway even existed. He was hosting strangers in his guest bedroom. <laughs> and um, he said it was one of the most thrilling times of his life because of the quality of individuals that he got to meet. He spoke um, specifically fondly about a father and his son who was um, a handicapped son. And just he was speaking about the time that they spent together um, so memorably, almost like it changed their lives just as much as, as it changed his. Uh, but Damien has gone on to do a number of things since then. And Picasso Suites is one uh, fire or our, uh, iron that he's got in the fire. Um, and he introduced us in town to a couple incredible people. One of those was a young chef named Danny, who uh, had recently opened his own restaurant and got to go to the market with Danny and see him in his element, in his kitchen cooking. I also got to meet one of Damien's colleagues, Phil, who owns a gorgeous big sailboat. Got to go out on the, on the water and see Barcelona from afar. I also desperately needed a haircut, and Damien re recommended to me this local barber 
really old school, beautiful little place right in the heart of the neighborhood um, that we were eating in. And it's, again, just those kinds of sort of personal gateways that vacation rental hosts can open up for their for their guests that made it all kind of more meaningful to me. Yeah, that uh, that sort of brought a smile to my face when you said you needed a haircut. And uh, <laughs> it's, not as, it's not as though you go into a, a barber and say, you know, well, let me tell you how I want it. No, fortunately for me, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Just take it all off. <laughs> and this barber was so funny. He, he was a, a second generation barber, uh, a big framed photo of his father who started the shop on, on the wall. And in, almost immediately he began telling me the, the change that had taken place in his neighborhood, uh, the good and the bad. And it was almost like a little his, living history lesson. His name was Raul. And at one point in the haircut, um, he motioned at the door and all of a sudden like 20 little school children came running in for the desk and they all, they all began grabbing at the mints that he had on his um, counter. And he kept saying, just one, solo uno. And they all grabbed one and then they would go out and they say, muchas gracias. So it was really funny. It was like a little um, a cultural experience in addition to just getting my hair cut, you know. That's, that, that, sounds, that sounds great. I'm loving these stories of all the people you met. Um, j- just, just tell me, you know, you're, you're there as Matt Landau and the people that you're, who are hosting you, they know you. You mentioned when you were, you were talking about going and playing golf that you were treated like a VIP. Well, of course you're going to be treated like a VIP. Um, so, so it sort of crossed my mind. Um, are other people, other guests who aren't as well known to their hosts as you going to get this similar sort of experience or do they really have to go out of their way to find it? You know, I found that each of my hosts really make an incredible personal one-on-one effort um, to take care of every single guest. And I got the feeling that if you're booking one of these properties and you don't say anything other than I'd like that unit, you know, here's my credit card. Um, if you say something like, I'm a huge fan of, of food, or can you recommend to me um, your favorite local golf course? They were, they were open to extending these, these amenities, these luxuries to anybody that expressed interest in it. And I, I say that because it doesn't cost necessarily anything to open doors and to make introductions. Um, and while I did have... Uh, pre-existing relationships with each of these hosts just through vacation rental industry in getting to know each of them and their respective staffs I got the feeling that this type of curated hospitality is something that they actually do for a living and it wasn't just me Um, I might have gotten a little more face time with them Mm -hmm. but in the end I think all of the the things that I got to experience can be replicated um by asking the right kinds of questions, by if you're a traveler, being curious and being honest and saying, you know, we don't have a huge budget, but we're looking to eat the most authentic lunch in town. You can get access to that type of thing without necessarily, um, you know, being an important person in the eyes of your, yeah. your, your host. I think in the eyes of the hosts, everyone's an important person. Yeah, I had to ask that because I know that um that, that that's some of the one of the questions I think the audience might have had, and I I think that's that's a great answer. So, 
I know that uh, having having been to Barcelona, I went to the VRMA Europe conference a couple of years ago. Um, that Barcelona is sort of the hub of of what's what's happening in vacation rentals in Europe from a sort of technology aspect and these these people are driving the movement forward so i know that you went to meet up with um with some of these leading lights of the industry so who who did you meet and and how did that go ah oh, it was so amazing so the first night i arrived in barcelona we hosted an inner circle meetup at a Spanish restaurant, which the food was actually not good, I have to admit. <laughs> For being in like Barcelona, where the food is almost always amazing, the food here was a little bit less than amazing. But the participants and the conversation certainly made up for it. At that event, um, got the pleasure of meeting Damien for the first time. Um, Martin Picard of Vrizi. Got to meet the folks from Logify. I got to meet um, Mauro. No, that was in Rome. I'm starting to confuse my <laughs> Europe cities. I got to meet um, the, who was sitting to my left? Ah, Vanessa from Rentals United. Um, I got to meet Christian Sorensen uh, from Stay Unique. Um, and I got to meet, the last person who was sitting next to them was, ah, Remy, who has vacation rentals uh, in the south of Spain. That first meetup was incredible, but my visits to a couple um, startups, the actual offices, was equally impressive. Um, I'll just jump right into that part of the essay. I think that was what you were leading me to. I said, the visit to the epicenter of the vacation rental universe would not be complete without seeing some of the people who are working hard to make this industry a better and more sustainable place. I've never really been exposed to Silicon Valley, but I'm guessing my visits to Logify and Rentals United were as close as it gets. Large, open rooms of smart young professionals working, interacting, problem solving. It made me realize the vast amounts of money and energy being poured into vacation rental solutions right now. It made me realize the complexity of creating tools and services for an emerging industry, and perhaps most importantly, the responsibility that these companies' executives are taking on their shoulders. Really impressive stuff. Yes, it is indeed. And I, you know, I've had the pleasure of, of interviewing um, quite a number of these people that you met, Martin Picard, um, Vanessa D'Souza uh, Large, who is, who is just um, an amazing personality. It, it was interesting when I was in Barcelona that I, I had not realized that, that all these people were sort of congregating in, in this one place. It's like it, it's sucking them in. So mm -hmm. what, did you, what did you learn from them? What's, did, did you learn where the industry is going from their perspective? Well, I learned that they're all putting down uh, quite a big gamble that this industry is going in the right direction. And I would um, certainly agree with them. Um, I learned that one of the biggest challenges a lot of these startups have is really, truly getting to know the, the mindset and the psychology of independent owners and managers, because as we've learned, this is not the same as any other industry that has ever existed. These owners and managers are such unique individuals that value such different types of things. So 
investing heavily in those relationships was a big one. Uh, I also learned that in this world of startup, you need a lot of money to keep your startup going. And like any uh, investment, ultimately, the shareholders of these startups want to see that it's working. They want to see proof that um, things are moving in the right direction. And in that sense, I saw a lot of trust and confidence that um, these types of businesses were were seeing uh, effective returns on on their their investments, and I think that's probably also one of the most stressful stressful elements of the job. A couple of the startups that I um, went into, I asked if it ever gets stressful having all of these people on your uh, sort of relying on you, and they said quite candidly, yes, it is, and I don't see how it could be any other way. Um, so I suppose that's just sort of the risk um, that accompanies this type of early industry um, exploration. Mm-hmm. So how did you round out your trip to Barcelona? So let me uh, re- reference back to my notes. Um, one of the funniest things that happened was um, on the last night of my stay, I invited over several of the um, people that Damien had introduced me to, to the rooftop of my vacation rental. I thought it could be kind of like a nice way to uh, form some connections. And we were enjoying the views with snacks and wine and stuff like that. And this, the symbolism certainly was not lost because this was the, da- the rooftop that Damien first introduced me to. And now it was the one where I was introducing his friends, none of whom knew one another, to each other. Um, And from there, we kind of made our way to a hidden flamenco show that was accessible only through this old monastery. I never would have found it on my own. And the dance was absolutely amazing. And the vibes between our little group were, must have been emanating because the statistically improbable chance of bumping into somebody else that I knew, much less someone else in the vacation rental industry, actually happened. It was Matt from Seattle Vacation Rentals who was on a honeymoon with his uh, new wife. And that was so random. And I'll, I'll jump into my essay. This is how I tie up the Barcelona um, story. When you run into someone you know in a foreign land, you're kind of obligated to celebrate. As a group, we wandered out to a new Mexican restaurant that Danny recommended and proceeded to consume vast amounts of Spanish-influenced tacos and mezcal. Over debates of travel and business and whether Lionel Messi is the best soccer player ever, I couldn't help but attribute the special energy at this dinner table to the vacation rental movement as a whole, to the vacation rental property I was staying in, and to the vacation rental host who facilitated everything from afar. Damien and his Barcelona are, to me, not a drop in the vacation rental ocean. They are the vacation rental ocean in a drop. Love that. So coming back to the question I asked about um, Borja, and I'm going to repeat that one for Damien. What, What can people learn from something specific that Damien did that really resonated with you? Um, Damien is 
such a unique guy. He he's a new father to twins, and you can just sense that there's little thoughtful gestures that are made throughout the the booking process and the stay. One wonderful example uh, when you arrive is um, some beautiful gourmet food items in the fridge. And I think a lot of travelers arrive at a vacation rental kind of exhausted. And one of the things we started doing at my rentals is simply placing a couple beers and sodas and cold waters in the fridge, uh, courtesy, so that, you know, they wouldn't be all um, grumpy. And in Barcelona, you you kind of have the feeling that that little welcome food item is going to be a little more gourmet than normal. Um, so Damien had for us some amazing wine and there were some local beers and some ham. Uh, again, that was just one of those little gestures that probably cost Damien 20 euros maybe. Um, but when you begin to look at the value that a guest's return stay has to you, um, in other words, how much it costs to acquire a booking, 20 euros is very small. And yet it's one of those things that pushes a guest over the edge to, to really remember their stay with, with, a great, um, with great feeling. Another wonderful example from Damien's side is using um, technology to walk guests through the arrival process. I know Damien uses not only a handful of really good hardware solutions such as locks and, and things like that. He has key, uh, key, what do you call those little like electronic key things? You know what I'm talking about, the right? Key, the key cards? Key cards, yeah. So there was no fumbling with, um, with like actual keys or anything like that. Those key cards can be uh, traded in and out of room numbers and canceled when it gets the parts if they happen to take it home with them, etc. Um, he also uses Martin's um, application Vreezy, which I got to experience firsthand, which was lovely. Uh, it kind of not only asks you all the right questions like as a guest, like when you're arriving, how you're arriving, if you have any questions along the way, etc. But also once you have arrived, it acts as your on-site uh, welcome book. So it provides all of Damien's personal, uh, personally vetted information um, that you can access from your phone pretty much wherever you go. So I thought that type of solution is something that I think a lot of times independent owners sometimes feel that technology is a bad thing. But in, this in these two particular cases, it was something that made my experience and the experience of Damien and his management staff's lives easier and better. And I think when you can check off both sides of the puzzle there, a piece of technology should at least be considered mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes can alleviate a whole bunch of stress and energy that you would otherwise be spending in answering questions one-on-one -on -one or manually going to do each thing. Um, so it just kind of helps to um, to change the perception of what technology can be to a small business. I think everyone needs to at least be considering some of these solutions as they grow. Yeah, I just uh, just going back to to your first point there about um, the speciality items he was leaving in the, in the fridge, and and the cost of those because this is something that I see you know I see you see on forums all the time. How much, how much do I spend on leaving a guest gift or why should I do this at all? 
But I think that the benefits are not only for, for, the, for the guests who perhaps will become repeats because of that gesture, along with, along with other things, but it, it can go a long way to, to boost that uh, potential for repeats, but also to the sharing that they do. Because I, I remember years, and I've, I've, I have probably spoken about this, this one more than anything else, going to a small cottage in the Derbyshire Peak, Peak District tiny little cottage a couple of years ago and and when we arrived and we opened the fridge there was a um a big bowl of fresh strawberries a pot of local cream and and a cake and that and of course for me there was a pot of real uh in fact it was yorkshire tea which was, and it was all absolutely wonderful. And we arrived at the right time just to have a good old English um, high tea. And I've never forgotten this. And we have, you know, I took pictures of it and I shared it. Although this, I mean, the cottage was tiny. It was perfect for our needs and had wonderful walks in the area. And we just loved it. I would go back there again, just in the hope that they were going to leave me another cake. <laughs> and... And you you hear of this so so often. I, I see it in reviews when people are remembering what was left for them, and it's all about this this first impression, isn't it? You walk in, and what do you, you often? I mean, I, I know I know my kids do. The moment they come in my house, they open the fridge to see what's in there, <laughs> and, and I and I certainly do it when I go to a vacation rental. So so yeah, it, the the cost is is tiny compared to the. Uh, the, the value of of what you're offering and what those guests are taking away from it. Yeah, a lot of people like freak out that they have to compete with large listing sites or big hotel chains. But it, based on the scale of vacation rental businesses, maybe you have one property, maybe you have five, maybe if you're a big manager, you have 500. Um, this small scale nature of our businesses allow us to invest a little bit more in each guest. And I would argue that those types of little surprises, it's one of the factors in our limited edition framework, uh, I believe those types of little surprises, quite simply the things that hotels nor listing sites could even afford to do at scale, are really what keep guests coming back and talking about you. And now you, Heather, will be recommending that rental to a to a friend or a family member, even if you don't return there. So it's kind of part of the whole process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so Barcelona was a good trip then. Yeah, it was so great. And we flew from Barcelona over to Rome, which I have never been to. And I was so excited about. Well, I'm going to hold you back on talking about um, Rome and also talking about, uh, how do you pronounce it? Guardea. Guardea, yeah. Guardea and La Marche. Um, Le Marche. Le Marche, okay. Yeah, I always pronounced it Le Marche too until I got like hit over the head for pronouncing <laughs> it incorrectly when I arrived here. Okay, well, we'll be talking about um, Rome, uh, Guardia, and Le Marche in, in it's the second episode in this two-parter. I think this is so valuable, what, uh, what you're sharing here, because we, we don't often hear from a guest perspective. Just, you know, we're here as hosts, we're here as property managers. We talk about it from what we think our guests are wanting. And in general, many people are getting it right. They do understand what their guests want. 
But until you've, and I've said this over and over and over again, until you've actually been a guest at a vacation rental yourself, I, I don't think you can speak with authority about what guests really want until you've done that. I totally agree. I would say beyond just be, being a guest um, is going to new places where you don't know everything, much less anything. And all of a sudden, you kind of have to count on a host or a manager or whoever is the owner to take care of you. And that's when you begin to view your destination and your business through a new lens. Yeah. Listen, Matt, it's been fantastic talking to you about the first part of your journey. Can't wait to catch up and and get the gen on the second part. To be continued. To be continued, indeed. That was great. And it's really got me hankering after a trip to Europe again. So I am going to Florence in September. I'll be going to Antonio's Vacation Rental World Summit. Um, we'll be having Antonio on the show in the next couple of weeks talking about the summit, uh, what, you, what you can expect, and would love to meet up with, um, with anybody who might be going. It's, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm using it as a as an excuse, really, to um, to meet up with my son and his wife and my grandson, uh, gra- grandson, six granddaughters, no grandsons. So meet up with my son, his wife, and my granddaughter uh, for a few days in Florence as well. But it it it's really interesting getting that that whole perspective on what people in other countries are doing and and how they are conveying their love of their locality to their guests and certainly given me a lot of food for thought about as, as a larger property manager about how we do this you know because it, it can be tougher when you have a lot more properties to actually have that personal connection with guests like so many of these hosts and property managers we're having with Matt but it's 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 not insurmountable it's definitely something that can be done. It may not be a, a face-to-face effort, but certainly there are ways of getting that personal touch out there without, without doing it face-to-face. So I'm going to be working on that over the course of, of the fall and the winter as we head into the, uh, the new season in 2018. Gosh, here we are, just into July, and I'm already thinking about 2018. But hey, that's what we're all doing, isn't it? It's just moving ahead day by day, week by week, month by month, just making this business better for everybody. So I'm looking forward to catching up with Matt again for part two of this. You won't have very long to wait. And we'll be talking about the three other venues, three other locations that he went to and and. The stories just get better. So I hope you will join me for those as well. Um, for in, in the meantime, just thank you so much for being with me today. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.